You are talking like somebody who is not really glad. How many Gladys are here? Raise your hand. This is the Gladys. Hallelujah. I am so glad to enter the month of May. The month of May is our month. Hallelujah. You know, God has been teaching us about, about um, spell. And the more that I listen to the Spirit of God, the more I'm amazed. The more I'm amazed. And you know, we have entered the month now where we're looking into, the, into overcoming spells. And I'll be teaching you a lot about it. But not that, notwithstanding, not notwithstanding, I will still teach you a little bit more about spell. Um, on Sunday, we started looking at the vehicle of spell. The vehicle of spell. Isn't it? But I want to attach that to our scriptures for the month. In the book of First, Thessalon- First Timothy, chapter 4, verse 1. The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times or latter days, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Alright? So, we recognize that there are three dimensions spoken here. In the latter days, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. So, if deception is the um, vehicle of spell, uh, we recognize the fact that there are three ways in which the devil dispenses spell. Number one, deceiving spirits. He uses deceiving spirits to cast spell. And the way they work is so simple. We have looked at that. They will stand behind, around you, invisible. They whisper to you. It's like when Holy Spirit speaks to your mind. He's just around you. He's not speaking from distance. When angels visit you and they speak to you, if God opens your eyes, you see them, they are right beside you. I will get there now. So these spirit beings have the power to interact with human spirits. Okay? So, we have deceiving spirits who are given the power just to go and suggest deception. In the case of Eve, the Bible tells us in those days, of course, Satan physically walked in and entered into the serpent. Serpent was not the devil. But the evil spirit, Lucifer, entered into the serpent. And he spoke through the serpent. Okay? Now, we understand from the book of Judges chapter 16 that the evil spirit entered into Delilah. Delilah was just a human being. Okay? But the evil spirit entered into Delilah and spoke to Delilah, uh, spoke to Samson physically. Now, Therefore, those evil spirits, sometimes they come in and speak to your ears like a thought. The second um, stream is this, this, this things taught by demons. That is, people will assume office of counsel or teacher and demons will be speaking through them. Do we get it now? But you see, in these very parts, 
is split into two sections. There is one that an individual can assume the position, and there is the other part where peer pressure is. Many people can, can be involved. Today I want to deal with um, some practical examples in the Bible where we saw peer pressure and where we saw individual deceiving others. I've dealt with that one and demons speaking to people. Let me help you know this. We will all agree with me on these ones. Many times you have exams to do, and you have done your timetable, how you will systematically read gradually, and by the exam you are fully read, isn't it? But you discover that your daily timetable that you set, the first day you didn't meet it up, or maybe the first day you started, then gradually after some time you couldn't meet it up. And then you, you began to lag behind, lag behind, lag behind. And then when the exam is very, very close, now you start reading. And then you'll be reading all night. Isn't it? We are asked. A few months ago, just to read for one hour, you couldn't. But now the exam is very close. And at that time, you could not finish the curriculum. So many people end up rushing the curriculum. Okay? That is one example. Don't you think these things happen naturally? No. No, they don't happen naturally. Because if a man says he's hard to gain wisdom, he has the capacity to do so. Anything that, that, that derails such capacity is something that is assumed a higher dimension of power than that person. And it is spirit. Some of us catch up some of us eventually just back off. We back off from what we really know. But the, re- the fact is that the reason why we back off is not because we don't know, but it's because we procrastinate. That is, we are supposed to do it. We, did not, we, we had the opportunity. We set the, the, the target, but we could not meet our target. But let me help you know this. When that happens to you, you'll find out that the days you didn't study, you didn't do anything tangible with your time. Am I talking to you? You wonder what you did with the time. Because at the end of the time, you will now have to commit more hours in a day to catch up. And yet you will do other things that you need to do. That is number one. Let me give you another practical example. How many of you have had this encounter that you could sit down before television and watch film till morning? Yes? Come on, confession time, confession time. And you can watch a play. And you will not feel tired at all. You will not feel sleepy. Really, you are watching it till 1 a.m., 2 a.m. sometime. But you pick up Bible to read. Within five minutes, you are dozing. Did it happen to you with your hands to me? All right. It happens to me too. And I will tell you how I overcome it. I don't watch film because I always look at those who are on the film as uh, actor and I can act better than them. And I always have this concept that how can I be watching someone that I can do better than? Yeah. Somebody will die today, tomorrow he will come up again. And somebody in the film who, who behaved like a very good wife, but she's fire at home. I, I say I'm not going to watch them. <laughs> but because I have many things to read, that's the reason why I don't. I, I, you know the film I love? Wrestling. I'm boxing. Because I was a boxer, I couldn't get free from watching boxers, you know, Joshua and the rest of them. 
And I can watch wrestling. I love wrestling when I was young so much. I know some of my pastors that it is by grace you will deliver them from football. They know the names of everybody who is playing with that letter. Bagbanting and the rest of them. What's, what do you call your name? Hello. We all have a passion, you know. Some of us is news. And you can watch news every hour. And you can't pray. Just three of the hours in a day. Hallelujah. When you watch news at seven, and you watch it again at eight, the same news they say, you sit down there. You come and watch it at nine again, the same news. Why don't you understand that nine that you should pray, you should just go and pray and don't watch the news. Because what they are saying at nine, they say it at ten and eleven. And then twelve, you go and pray. You say you want to watch twelve o'clock news. They will say the same thing at one o'clock. Really, let me say this to you, the best time to watch news is in the night. Because they will give you all the summaries of what has means in the way. But let me say this to you. It happens to us because of human passion. Passion. You want to know everything that is going on. But sit down to read the Bible. After you have read for five minutes, some people, ten minutes, some people, you feel sleepy. Why? Similarly, when you watch films and you spend hours watching films, if you have, if you are in school, if you pick your curriculum, your book to read, after reading for about uh, 30 minutes, some of you lose concentration, and you discover that you are just repeating the same thing in, in, again and again, after some time you discover that nothing is going to this head. But if you, it was before the film, every detail of the film will enter your head. You can regurgitate the actor more than the actor that acted in that scene, you know. Okay. <laughs> I'll pass through it too. Let me help you understand this. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. What is responsible for this? They are deceiving spirits. Because something that will not profit man, they have nothing to fight you with it, against it. When you are watching film, it's not profitable. You are watching news, it's not profitable. You repeat your news again and again. Really, they are the one behind inspiring you to go and watch the news again. Instead of using your time for things that are profitable, and you watch the same news again and again and again and again and again, and waste the whole day. Whereas, if you have studied, when you start to study either the Bible, or you start to study the book that will give you knowledge, what happens to you at it, within the first 30 minutes, some of you will just go into into you, you know cooler and you can't really concentrate and you are battling with that and some of you will abandon the book okay because the john 10 10 says the thief has come to kill to steal and to destroy but i want to help you understand how you can get over it very very simple very simple let's see that scripture in the book of um um seven corinthians 10 5 again from three really it says for though we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does the weapon we fight with are not weapons of this world on the contrary they are they have divine power to demolish strongholds I will talk to you tomorrow about strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension 
that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and will take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Stop there. The King James Version says, taking, taking captive every imagination. All right? Another translation says, vain imagination. But if we look at this scripture, Paul began to tell us here that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, which is the King James Version, from verse 3. But against principalities, against powers, and rulers of darkness. I explained that a little bit on Sunday. But then he went to tell us, how do we wrestle with them? Casting down every imagination and taking every thought captive. So the battle is in your mind. The battle is in your mind. A believer can only overcome the influence of spell by making sure that every thought that comes to your mind, you examine it. Don't act because you thought. Act because you are convinced. And don't be convinced sensually by your feeling. Be convinced by what is written. Let me help you understand this. Many matrimonies have been shipwrecked because of lack of this knowledge. The husband did something against the wife and the wife kept quiet. Again, the husband did something, the wife kept quiet. And the man is just doing his normal life. Not knowing that he's offending the wife and the wife is building it up. And then when it has gone to the brim, the woman explodes. And the, the man wonders, what is the matter with you? He has done everything in sincere heart. He never thought he has offended. And because the woman did not take those thoughts captive, she read a sign of uh, a physical action of the man to make a conclusion of what the man intends, which is the mind. And then there is a big, because the man will respond with a sincere heart that, what is my, I didn't do anything wrong to you. Whereas the woman had bought so many hearts. Who is behind it? Deceiving spirit. A house of joy. A house of light will suddenly become a house of darkness. A house of communication will become a house of warfare. And between yourselves, you are fighting and quarreling over nothing. Whereas, if the first time that the man acted... And the woman fell offended. The woman asked the husband, Why did you do this? And the husband said, What? And then she tells him exactly what she did and how she felt. The man will have said, Oh dear, I'm so sorry. I don't intend to hurt you. Rather than the woman to read omens, which the Bible says you shouldn't do. And then begin to infer the meaning of what the man has done, whereas the man in his heart is sincere. Let me help you understand. This is the warfare that man goes through with principalities. They are set out to frustrate mankind. The same thing happens between friends in church who have relationship. Before you know it, 
Maybe somebody, somebody came into the church and he has a problem outside there and he's frowning. And he frowned into the church. He didn't know his face was frowning. Let me say that when you are frowning, you don't know you are frowning. Unless you look at the mirror. My father had warned me about that seriously. He said to me, son, when you are angry, go to the mirror and see your face. How <laughs> you will stop your anger. He said, anger relies in the laughs of fools. So somebody had a bad time in the office and he came to church and you greeted the person. Somebody was bubbling before and he just walked away from you because he did not even see you. Okay? That person is consumed by what has happened to to him or her. And then the devil brought a thought in you that what does she think she is, by the way? What elements in you did the devil use to bring the thought? Pride. That's it. Because you have a pride you haven't dealt with. And that's the reason why the enemy can use that in you to bring such an inference. And then you will say, yes, why should she behave like that? And the devil begins to develop in you. That is the demons of deception. And before you know it, the person you cherish so much, if you have, whom you are very close to, maybe is your confidant, you begin to have a withdrawal syndrome. While the person has gone home, not knowing that he or she ignores you. But next, by tomorrow, next time the person comes to you and the person is coming to greet you, Satan will make you turn your face away. That is your time to revenge. Isn't it? And that is not in line with the gospel. And because you have obeyed, also you have sinned. And then the devil have a foothold to develop it more in you until it becomes a stronghold and a great friendship has been pulled apart successfully by the saving spirit without the true knowledge of those people, those two parties. The fact is that he makes the two parties to turn away from one another so that they could not dialogue. And when you cannot dialogue, you cannot bring yourself to the subjection of the word of God. And relationship that should be very, very promising in the church have been torn apart by Lucifer. Even some people have walked away from the church because of another person that they have discord with. Whereas they have a destiny together. Satan would wreck that destiny. Deceiving spirits are the most prolific in the hands of Satan. And let me say this to you. A Christian cannot be afflicted with curse, but if he can be deceived, then he can be afflicted. Numbers 22 to 25 tells you that. You remember that lecture? Go back to it. Therefore, deceiving spirits, the Bible says they are casting down vain imagination. For what you hear in your mind, you must examine it. Casting down imaginations, all right, and every high thing that exalted itself above the knowledge of God. Go back to NIV 5. It says, We demolish argument and every pretension that, it, that, it, that set itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Come on now. It's a weapon to demolish the devil. Now, you remember I taught you the three pillars of life. Yes? Number one, don't deceive God, don't deceive yourself, and don't deceive others. 
Okay? If a man deceives himself, he has only yielded to the elemental spirit of deception as they whispered about himself to himself. Okay? That is, they will whisper to you about who you are, which you are not. Once they sell that lie to you and you accept it, it becomes a stronghold and it rules your action. And you begin to put up a pretense of action of what you are not. What that does is that many people who should have helped you will assume you don't need the help because of the way you pose yourself. And many help will bypass you. It will make you feel that it is a thing of, of, of um, it is a humbling thing for you to, be, to really let people know who you truly are, what you are. But let me say this to you, that is ungodly. If I'm down, I'm down. If I fail, I fail. Maybe somebody here will help me. Somebody who had never failed before should point the finger to me when I failed. And if you have never failed before, I will let you know your failure is coming very shortly. Failure is part of the delicacies of every man. Really, there is no man on earth who has not failed sometimes in something or the other. I will get that now. But deceiving spirits will deceive a man to present himself as what he is not. Deceiving spirit will, pre- will make a man also deceive others. And at the end, it makes man deceive God. I will get that now. But all these deceptions come from your thoughts. And you can take thought captive. Now, it says, when you take thought captive, you make it obedient to Christ. This is where the word of God comes in. Let me help you understand, church. You know, I gave you scriptures to read daily. Yes? So you must have finished 2 Thessalonians today. Chapters 1 to to 3. Thank you so much. And Proverbs chapters 1 to to five good now if you have missed it don't worry just join tomorrow uh, tonight i would mean that because see, this exercise is not to make someone feel guilty it's to help you break loose from the saving spirit it's to help discipline your decision which when you achieve it you can turn that to business and become extremely successful. You can turn that to academics and you become extremely on the top of your academics. Because see, people always say that I don't have time. You, you, you don't have to. You have time. You have time to do anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As I'm standing before you right now, I have an assignment to submit on Institute of Total Arbitration. I have that assignment. I thought it's tomorrow. I just looked at it now. I found out it's Friday. I said, thank you, Father. Because I was a victim of some of the things I was teaching you, isn't it? Hallelujah, somebody. I have finished my assignment, of course. I was talking with Pastor Abuaba. He said, how would you finish the assignment? So, and and um, Elder Dendi. So I said, no, 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 no. I, I, I read all my questions to them. You know, when you have questions, if you don't remember the questions, how can you answer it better? When they give you questions in school for assignment, you must first memorize all the questions. Yeah? And memorizing the question is, if you read the question again and again. Because the more you read the questions, the more understanding you get. It's like Bible. So I told him, I don't do questions just to pass. I do questions to come up with distinction. If I won't get distinction, why would I answer the question? So I answer one question more than four times. 
I've written all the answers of the questions, but now I'm looking for articles that back up my question, or case laws where decisions were taken that back up my, my question. They gave us six books to read. By the Holy Spirit, if you know how to read Bible, you know how to read book. Amen. <laughs> no, no, so if you can understand mystery, how much more? Man, write book. Man, read book. Man, pass book. So, I, by the Holy Spirit, was able to look for each of the topics that they told us to look for in the books. All the six books. So, when I see that topic, I go to that topic and I read the topic. And it is in those books I see articles that apply to my answer and judgments of courts or arbitration courts that I have applied my answer. So, tomorrow, next tomorrow, and Friday that I have to deliver is just to... Finish touch it so that I can get distinction. Not only that, by that time I can regurgitate what I have written. I'm a practitioner of what I have answered. Because it is principles and practice. They don't expect to read it and forget. So what I gave you to read in Bible is principle and practice. So Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians tonight, read it. Together with your proverb one, two, five. We agree with say amen. amen. Uh-huh. But you see, why would you read these scriptures? I was reading Proverbs today. I looked at chapter one, and what I wrote out of chapter one of Proverbs is what I'm giving you on Sunday. I could not believe what I saw again in that book of Proverbs. How can you cast imagination? down or subject imagination you can only subject imagination under god by the word of god you know applicable to that imagination let me help you understand again if i have not read about adultery and adultery is attacking my mind i have no defense against it if i have not read about it if I have not read about, um, 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 what do you call malice. Okay? Like I read something to you from the, from the book of Proverbs, and I'll be shocked. I will not have any scripture when malice arises. I would think it's normal with a human being to keep malice, isn't it? I will not have a scripture that tells me this is the consequence of malice. You can't. So, a believer, therefore, who does not have the scripture rich in him, has a little weapon to fight principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual house of wickedness. No matter how anointed you are, even if you are a preacher of the gospel, does not mean you know the Bible. Because some preachers, they only prepare sermon. They don't know it. Where they read it, that's the end of it. So when the evil day comes, they cannot stand. Therefore, the principle, what I'm trying to drill you in Christ's tabernacle is to help you to just memorize it. Memorization is cheap. You know, it's just a matter of read again, read, read again, apply it to your normal daily life. Like all what you are doing in the, in the Bible school on, on Tuesday here and on Wednesday in, uh, in New Cross is Bible application. You read. 
People come and they share. And you see the application of what you are reading. How does it affect your contemporary life? How do you apply this to your normal daily work? Now, a Christian who doesn't have that, when Satan bombards your mind, he can destroy anything. He can destroy your marriage. He can destroy your life. He can destroy your career. He can destroy many things. That's the reason why the Bible says, let the word of God richly dwell in you. Come on now. Not anointing. Or else Solomon would not have been destroyed by a woman. Not anointing or else Samson would not have been destroyed by a woman. It is by the word. Remember Joshua 1.8? This book of the law. Don't leave my, leave my uh, Corinthians. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Hallelujah. <laughs> It's very easy to understand the principle. It, 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 it must not depart from your mouth. But before it departs from your mouth, before it comes out of your mouth, you shall what? Meditate upon it day and night. And then when you meditate, what do you do? Be careful to do everything according to the word. And then what's the result? You shall make your own way prosperous and have good, pros- good, good success. And that scripture is the simple academic theory that can put you at the edge of your profession. It's simple academic theory. I mean, to be, to, to be very prolific in profession is just to read what people, other people have written. And then come out with something they have not thought. Hallelujah. <laughs> no be so. Look at that Corinthians therefore. Then you now hand that up by telling us verse 6. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience. What is the act of disobedience? Act of disobedience is the action that comes from vain imagination. You know, spell is taking control of somebody else's mind. So that the action of that man is no more his action, but the action of the speller. The one who spelled him. So when you are under spell, the one who is controlling your mind is the one who controls your action. And so you will do many things that eventually you will bitterly regret, weep and weep and be sad over. I will together now. And the Bible says here, we must punish every act. That is, if my thoughts is resulting in an act that is ungodly, I punish it. Hello? I will not do it. I will not do it. <laughs> I will not do it. I told you the other time I used a judge of the, of the high court to explain to you that if the judge of the high court felt like stealing chocolate in uh, Sainsbury's, if he does not steal it because of the law, he will not steal it because of his personality, his position. That for, one, for chocolate, you will lose your office as the court. If Satan tempt me, tempt me, he doesn't need the Holy Ghost to tell the Satan that I, I will not steal. <laughs> I'm a judge. Isn't it? Because of his ego, his person, his personality. Even more, should you and I understand that by the Spirit of God, we can punish acts of disobedience. We don't have to commit the act. I feel like slapping you is a feeling. I haven't committed an act. But if I feel like slapping you and simultaneously my hand landed at your cheeks, all right, that is battery. I have turned my thoughts into action, punishable by law. 
So is the law of God. The thought passed through your mind, you don't have, you haven't committed the act. But by the time you commit the act, it has become a stronghold that controls your action. You are now taking control by spell. You know what the devil does is that at the time you act, he backs off so that he is not, he's not a party to your action. He has led you to the act and he backs off. It is your reflexes that take over. That's why the book of Genesis where the man is deceived by his own evil desire. Come on now, he says... We will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. There, the next verse. You see what it says here? You are looking only on the surface of things. If anyone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should consider again that we belong to Christ as much as you. That is the same to you that look, if you say you are a Christian, recognize that what we are telling you is the law of the spirit of life that sets us free from the law of sin and death. Now, let me take you to The Corinthians we are reading today, if you look at our Corinthians today, let's look at, come on now, no, we'll look at Corinthians tomorrow. I want to read, I promise you that I will going to show you spell in the life story of Jeroboam and Rehoboam. I want to do that for 10 minutes, and then we'll carry on, because then we'll go and pray. We'll close this meeting by 8.30. Is it 9.30? Why are you all laughing now? (laughs) You know, when I come to teach you, I always have so much in my spirit that it seems as if everything that God has given me to know, I can just... Do like this. Everybody get it. But unfortunately, Jesus is there hard to teach for people to understand. And when you have knowledge, let me say, your, your flight will be easy. It will be easy. Look at the story of these two people. Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Both of them are Buam Buam. First Kings chapter... 11, chapter 11, Satan will fail in your life. I don't care what becomes of the devil to the world. CFT will be free from his entanglement. Look at what begins chapter 11. It says, however, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women, verse 1, besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Amorites, Edomites, and the rest of them. Verse 2 says, they were from nations about which the Lord had told Israel, you must not intermarry with them, because they are 
sure they will surely turn your heart after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He was not able to cast down vain imagination. I will get it now. Look at what happened to him. Verse 4. As Solomon grew older, his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God. As the heart of his father David had been. Both of them interacted with women. Alright? But one fell. Because of strange women. Verse 6 is terrible. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord com- completely as David's father had done. Just because of influence of a woman. Do we get this now? Now look at the reward. Verse 9. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. So can I say this to you? If God is using you, don't think you are, you are, you are get to the end of God. No matter what God uses you to do, don't let it get into your head. As to think that you are different from other people. No, God will not spare you if you mess up. He won't say because he uses you so you can mess up, he will pat you at the back. He will punish you more. Because he's using you. Look at what he says here. Verse 10 says, although he had for, for, forbid, forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So, the Lord said to Solomon, since this is your attitude, understand this, attitude, and you have not kept my command and my decrees, which I command you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Watch this. Calling is without repentance, but if God calls you, you may live all your life and not fulfill it. I repeat myself. Calling is not, is not is without repentance, but if God calls you and He starts to use you and you abuse the office, God will bring you down and you will never fulfill your calling till death. I have seen many fall from 1967. I was speaking with uh, somebody in my in the in the, my office today, a minister, two ministers. I have seen people fail from grace from 1967. I can mention their names. In Nigeria, people that God used in 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 humbling way. One of them cripples in his ministry when he say in the name of Jesus. He has not finished saying. You see, people who have twisted legs, their legs will be stretching like this before your eyes. They will be running. People came, you know, you know, um, um, you know, working on their bombs because their two legs have been crippled by polio. Something will throw them up, which is the Holy Spirit. They will hit the ground and they will run. They will, nobody helps anybody. But the man died blind with four wives. I don't want to mention his name. But those of you who were in Nigeria at the time, 67, 68, 69, you will know him. I know another one that when he enters into the stadium, the power of God will pick anybody who are, who are called people or throw them to the sky. They'll be flying like this, screaming, because he has entered the gate. He hasn't come in. Okay? And when they hit the ground, demons are screaming out of there. He didn't pray for anybody. He only entered into the premises. 
But today, he ended up with four wives. And he has shipwrecked. I'm saying this. I can give you many more. Many, many more. It is woman. It is woman. It is woman. It is woman that destroyed them. That doesn't mean woman is bad. I know a woman too. Called by God. Used mightily by God. And destroyed by a man. Because she counseled a member of her church. And eventually married the husband of that member. And that was the end of her. She's still alive in Nigeria. These are people that myself and them have grown together. That's the reason why, you know, when I preach sometimes, and I'm very, very hard, you don't know where I'm coming from. For you, I don't want you to fall. For me, I have made up my mind by experience in that book of Proverbs. There is a verse that tells you that, you know, the punishment of, of others trains the heart of the wise. Alright? So, seeing those things, I know that even if God raised all the dead bodies in crematorium through me, I am still what I am. That's why I will not have bodyguard to protect me from you who paid the money to me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can you imagine the flock contributed offering to church and part of the aim and objectives of the church is not protection by bodyguard it is to preach the gospel with the money then I now took the money and I employed bodyguard if, if the kingdom of the world did not judge me eternity will ask me he will ask me about the Jesus Christ who protected himself from the flock. I will together now. These are devices of Satan. It begins from the mind. It begins from the mind. So this guy messed up. And God disciplined him. Then verse 14. The Lord raised up against Solomon an adversary. Hadad, the Edomite, from the royal line of Edom. He never had war, but the action, the act, his act that he could not subdue, brought God's anger, and then God now raised adversary to, to, to deal with him. Are we together now? So none of us, you think that you have arrived, you have in a position before God that God can't punish you anymore. I'm so sorry. I think Solomon was higher than every one of us. Except for salvation by the blood of Jesus. But finally, if you look at verse 11, it says that God said he would tear the kingdom away from him and give it to his subordinates. Yes? Now, my 10 minutes is over. Tomorrow, we are going to go ahead. After God raised adversary for him, you will see from verse 26, that's where we will go ahead and look at. How God now sent the prophet to tell Jeroboam, who was servant of, he, of Solomon, and God told Jeroboam that I have turned the kingdom away from your master and I will give you ten of the kingdom. And I will give Rehoboam one who is the son of Solomon. So God took the reigning from a man who he ordained to reign and gave it to a man he did not predestine to reign. I think it's uh, Catherine Coleman who said that um, one day she was, you know, saying to God, that, ah, you know, all this anointing and so God said, what's the matter with you? 
you are the fourth person that I, I, I picked. He says, the real man I ordained, I destined to carry this unction. Look at him. He became an alcoholic. The second one, look at him. The third one, look at him. I just picked you up and put those unctions on you. You are not my first choice. All right? You can see this in Solomon's life. God did not ordain Jeroboam to be king. He had covenanted with his mouth, with David forever, that it is his lineage. But because David and Solomon now disobeyed the instruction of his father, and he went after strange women. You know, the father said to him, David, my son, acknowledge the Lord thy thy God with all your heart and with a wholehearted devotion. And he said to him that, you know, um, if if you obey him, or serve him, he will honor you. If you disobey him, he will destroy you. Now, how would he given his son that charge? His son disobeyed. After enjoying plenty, wealth, money, and women follow. You know when money goes yaf yaf. Women also go yaf yaf. But a man who has head, what is wrong with the one woman that you had before you had the money? Does any woman have anything in her body that the other woman didn't have? Really except bad luck. (laughs) And if you go away from the one with whom God raised you to the heights, of course you will come down with the ladder of the one that you pick after her. (laughs) Hallelujah, somebody. Ah, they paint their face like glass. They used to go to Abelkuta and get a leper. And rub the face of the one at home. If you don't know what it requires, come and meet me. We give you free of charge. Some people have to go to Israel to go and take the mud to be washing their body. You don't have to, to, to go and buy mud. We have it a lot in Africa. Now listen to me. <laughs> so God took the kingdom from Solomon and gave it to Jerusalem. But let me tell you something. Rehoboam fell. Even with the one that was given to him. Uh, Sorry. Rehoboam brought about the prophecy. Because when when, when Solomon died, Rehoboam came. And the people called Rehoboam. All the nation that, let us make you king over us. Hello? And the elders called him and said that, you know what? Your father's end of your father's end was terrible. And that we can't bear it. And he said... Just tell the people, I will be merciful. I will cooperate. He said, okay, I've had you. Come back next tomorrow. He went to the youths. Peer pressure. And said to them, come on, guy. We are now, we are one the political government of the country. <laughs> you are in charge of the country now. What shall we do, guys? And, you know, the one whose trousers was pulled off, who was wearing like this to the palace. <laughs> Useless to useless over useless. <laughs> to experience that useless. Somebody walking womanously. And the other one, okay, hey, guy, yeah, guy, yeah, guy, you know. You know? We are, what do they always say? That uh, their time is over. You know? You know, we are, we are, we are, whatever they call it now. Um, they are old school. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want. They are old school, you know. Those elders don't understand, you know. They old school, all of them. And say, you know, you go to them tomorrow. If you sell yourself cheap, they're going to take you cheap, you see. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
And he said to him, tell them, my finger is thicker than my father's loins. My father chastised you with whip. I will chastise you with scorpion. And if you intimidate them, because you are a young guy, they will respect you. See, respect, respect. And he came and said, yeah, 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 let's go. All of them came the following day. Those who wear torn trousers. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. The spirit of rag. If they bought a good trouser, they have to tear. In Nigeria, it's only mad people who wear torn clothes. Where I came from. They will put something to tear it, burn it here, burn it there. Even they are born again, burning trousers. All of them were there. With nose and ears and tongue pierced. So when the boy came up and said that, the whole country said, To your tent, O Israel, what person do we have in David? And he said to Rehoboam, mind your father's house. You will be king over your father's house. He forgot that it is the government of the people by the people for the people. And the prophecy came to pass. Only Judah followed him. And they now took Rehoboam. And they now took him to the headquarters. And they now ordain him as king over ten tribes. But let me tell you something. Read further. We'll read further tomorrow. Rehoboam, after some time, that he now has established his throne. He now said, do you know something? If we let these people go to Jerusalem to worship, which is in Judah, they, one day they will turn against me. You know what they said in uh, Yoruba? They said, <laughs> Is finder's keeper in English, in law. Somebody lost an article. Another person found the article and he claimed the ownership. What about the real true owner when he shows up? God gave you a throne you did not, were not predestined to get. And he said, I shall make for them a carve. And he created an idol, which is most detestable before God, even worse than Solomon. Peer pressure and evil spirit speaking to the mind of man. Shall we stand up together? We're going to pray. Very simple. We're going to lift up our voice to God and pray. Father, protect my heart and mind from the bamboozlement of Satan. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, we commit ourselves to you. Protect our heart and mind. Protect our heart and mind. Deliver me from the deception of the last days. Pray and tell God. If you have a wife, pray for your wife. If you have children, pray for your children. If you have a husband, pray for your husband. Pray for your brothers, your siblings. So, Lord, deliver us from the deception of Satan. Do not let Satan have, have dominion over us. <coughs> tell the Lord to remove the veil. Enable us to take every thought captive. Enable us to take every thought captive. Take away the veil, O God. Take away the veil, O God. Tell the Lord, strengthen my soul. Strengthen my soul. Enable me to take every thought captive. Enable me to take every thought captive.
The Bible says those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Tell the Lord, lead me by your Holy Spirit. 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 This is the month of May. Lead me by your Holy Spirit. 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 Lead me by your Holy Spirit, oh God. in CFT. Let there be liberation in CFT. Let there be liberation in CFT.
Lord, I bless your holy name. to pray two more prayers before we stop. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 26, it says to the man who pleases God, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the ones who please God. That is the wealth of the sinner is the mass for the righteous. But this is what you want to pray. They are so simple. Lord, please help me to live a life that pleases you. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lord, help me to lead the life that pleases you. Tell the Lord, instruct my heart with wisdom. Fortify my mind with knowledge. Father, help me to live a godly life. This month of May so that I will please you, the God of heaven alone. Tell the Lord. to grant you the spirit of wisdom. As I please you, O God, grant me wisdom. Grant me discernment and insights. Father, we bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. Lift up your request before the Lord. As you hold your request before you, you want to pray <coughs> Psalm 145 that we read all the time, verse 8 and 9 says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all and has compassion on all he has made. And you, are t- you tie that to Psalm 102, verse 13. The Lord by God will arise. You are going to pray and say, Father, arise and have compassion on me. 
favor, send your favor upon my request. Because this is your time. Can I say this? God just spoke to me now. Let me help you know this. Let me climb up here, Joe. The Lord told me to tell all of you to be serious. Because some are praying seriously, but some, the Lord, I, the Lord showed me the mind of some people, they wondered. There are some problems that face you, and you have believed that you are defeated. God told me. He said I should wake their mind up. He wants to solve that mystery. Are you with me now? You see, there are problems that you are facing. You believe that it's not possible to. So you, you, when, even when we are asking for requests, you can't put it in your request because you have abandoned that this is not possible. Okay? It may have to do with third party. God told me that. I should tell you to be conscious of what he's asking you to do now. And pray with faith. God will come to your rescue in this month. Yeah. Really, before you get to the story will change. Yeah. Lift up your voice and begin to pray for compassion. Tell the Lord to arise. He says the Lord is gracious and compassionate. Pray and tell God out of your grace and compassion. Have mercy on me, Lord Jesus. Have compassion on me. Over my request this month. The Bible says, and the Lord shall reply. Tell the Lord, send your reply. And the Lord shall reply, I'm sending you grain enough to satisfy you fully. He said, the Lord my God shall arise and will have compassion on me. Arise, O God, have compassion on Christ with tabernacle. Every request that we bring to you tonight, every request that we bring to you tonight, let it meet with your compassion, O God. Let it meet with your abundant grace, O God. Lord, be gracious unto us. Be gracious unto us. You are slow to anger and rich in love. Father, we will tell of the glory of your kingdom. Father, we bless you. We bless you. Now, thank you. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God for what he has done. Oh, Lord, my God, the impossibility of your life has been made possible. The impossibility of your life has been made possible. Father, we bless your name for answering us. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Father, in the name of Jesus. Because it is written, the Lord is near to all who call him. To all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. Father, Lord, we bless your name. For your salvation is for us in this month. For your mercy is for Christ with tabernacle in this month. Your compassion begins to manifest over even our requests from this hour. Father, Lord, your favor from heaven surrounds us like a shield. According to your word, I thank you for answering all our requests tonight. I thank you for answering all our requests tonight, O oh God. Out of your abundant compassion and mercy, I thank you for answering the request of Christ with tabernacle tonight. And it shall come to pass as we depart from here that testimony will begin to come in. 
every day of this month shall bring for testimony. Every day of this month shall bring for celebration. Every day of this month shall bring for fulfillment. And at the end of the day, your name be glorified. This we ask and thank you is done as we ask in Jesus' anointed name. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven. Hallelujah forevermore. Please let's be seated. Quiet, you can come up. You have finished the first day. Let me say that Pastor Sidney should get ready to come and take our offering today. Let me say this. We are climbing the mountain. It takes three days to climb the mountain. On the third day, we will reach the summit. Hallelujah forevermore. Wow. You see all these, my children, let them sit together so that they will be coming after you, uh, adult choir. All of you must sit together in your place so that you come after the adult choir. These are my infantry. I'm going to lay hands on all of them for power. Yes. At the age of nine, the Lord Jesus appeared to me. Yeah, some of them have started having encounters of the Lord already. But I will lay hands on the rest of them so that they can have some encounters. Let's just wake up Pastor Sidney, please. <laughs> 